Welcome, welcome to the Sharp Boy Show. So happy to have you here. Yes, it is 7 p.m. on the East Coast. I know some of you are saying, wait a minute, AMA, it's not Monday. You're right, it's not, it's Wednesday. However, I was not here Monday, so tough to do that. I was running around New York State this entire weekend at the fair uh, for two days, uh, Saturday and Sunday, New York State Fair. Friday, I was on New York Southern Tier, or in New York Southern Tier, and um, uh, Monday, I was in the Hudson Valley and the Bronx, so I was all over New York State, um, as I tend to be, doing yet another full sharp. This will be my fourth, is it? 2018, 19, 20, 2021. Yes, but this will be my fourth, my fourth full sharp that I'll be uh, attempting Let's hope I can fit, finish this one too. Four times crossing this day. Is that like a record or something? I, I I hope it is. So since I did not do one on Monday, I'm doing one here on Wednesday. And as always, please like, comment, share. It does matter. I know I bug you every time, but sometimes you guys are so enamored by my attractiveness. I am a good looking man and modest too. That you forget to like and to click that button and to share and all those things. So do all the things so that I can get around my constant shadow banning, which drives me crazy. I wanted to talk about something that happened to me during the during the um, fair and then last night. This is talking to the left. Many of you know, I spent a lot of time this, this last year, 2021, going out of my way to reach out more to the left, even to actual socialists, to people as far left, to the point where Spike teased me and he called me um, the communist whisperer. Yes, good. That's I take that as a compliment, by the way. So thank you, Spike, if you haven't been watching. Total compliment. But he was teasing me, but he did see the value in it. And I hope some of you do. I know many of you get upset when I talk to the left. You get mad. Why are you talking to these lefties? I know you get upset. But there are a couple things I want you to think about. And it's really important to understand this. The first thing is I'm going to talk to you about what happened this weekend, one specific event, and then another one that I'm going to talk to you about last night. This weekend, when I was at the fair, literally a woman came to me, a woman. She was still a supporter of Cuomo. I know some of you just like, you just can't believe I said that. But yes, literally happened. She was still a supporter of Cuomo. So I asked her, because literally when I was talking to people, I said, you know, Cuomo's gone now, a chance for change. She goes, well, he did a lot of good things. She defended him immediately. So I said, okay, great. Tell me, why do you why do you like Cuomo? And what she said, I think we should all hear. What she said was, Larry, you don't understand. He spoke about important issues. He talked about women's rights. He did. He talked about equality. He spoke about that. She's right. He did. Often. And what I said to her was, you're right. He did. That's 100% true. He did talk about it. What I would ask you is if in your heart, do you believe that, that in reality, he actually did anything? Was he effective? Was it, if not even effective, is what he did, was it the appropriate Example, and she went, No, 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 no. I said, That's my point. I'm glad he spoke about it. I like, I've said more than once, 
Democratic and leftist rhetoric is sometimes amazingly good. Depends upon who's hearing it. It's sometimes really good uh, rhetoric. The question is, is it actually effective? Is the outcome what you want? Or is it just talk? That's the issue. Or is it just talk? So when I talked about that, I told her what I was thinking, where my head was, but I said something else. By him talking that talk and not doing it and being exactly the opposite, how many people did he hurt even more than the 11 that came forward? How many did he really hurt? How many women chose not to even try? How many women walked away? How many women saw who he was before he did what he did and said, I'm out. Wow, these people are, these people are full of it. And she was like, you're right. I said, if you like what I'm talking about, then then please, then then please go ahead and sign up and we'll get you some information. And she signed up for the Libertarian Party of New York's email. Yeah, we can do this, guys. It's possible. Second thing I want to talk about real fast, and I'll get to all your questions and comments. Second thing, last night I attended a DSA, Democratic Socialists of America event here in Queens, where I live in Astoria. And when I was talking, uh, when I was there and watching them, I saw many things that I wasn't really sure what I, I'd never been to one before. So I'd met many, I'd met many socialists individually, but never in a gathering, right? So what I thought was amazing is they weren't mad at me, which was great. I was happy. They weren't like yelling at me and going, get out of here, libertarian. They weren't. Uh, a couple of people actually no, recognized me, which was nice. One of them literally asked me, why are you here? Not in an aggressive way, not like get out, but like, why would you show up? And I said, I have reached out to you guys many times. You've never responded to me in any real way. Blew me off here or there. So I said, you're in my neighborhood. I'll show up. They were blown away that I showed up. Regular Democrats didn't show up, but I showed up. So that was a big deal. Showing up, I find in politics, boy, does that matter. That matters a lot. So at least I didn't get thrown out. They didn't yell at me. So that was nice. That was a, that was a positive thing. But what I saw there was a group of young people who were motivated, happy, feeling successful, and activated. You might say, well, is that good or is that bad? Well, if you're not a socialist, then that's not good because they're working. But what I took from it was, why aren't all of my libertarian meetings the same? I looked at them and said, we should be as effective we should be as aggressive. We should be as forward and positive as they are. And in many meetings, and if you've gone to libertarian meetings, you know, very often, sometimes it's that way, but very often it is a bunch of people who are angry, upset, and mad at each other and mad at the world, which I get there is lots of reason to feel that way. <laughs> I feel that way often. I didn't feel that with them. I felt like they knew what they were trying to achieve. Now, they had one big advantage that we didn't have, that we often don't have is they had an actual candidate who had won an elected office. They have an assemblyman there who actually won office as a member of the DSA. So they had someone, they have someone in Albany. Um, I think their total caucus is six, if not mistaken. Um, but he was one of them. So they have that, which helps tremendously. But I saw something else. I saw people who care. So I was thinking, that is a good place for us to talk. 
because even though there are many situations to where the socialists and libertarians do not agree at all, it's crystal clear, many things we disagree on, obviously, and maybe irrevocably. I don't know if that's true, but it, it feels like it is. There are also things we agree upon completely. Anti-war. They are totally anti-war. And so are we. So there are things that we can connect and say, hey, you know, we're excited. You're excited. Let's work together on that. You might say, Larry, why in the world would you want to work together with the socialist? They're not going anywhere. They're Americans. They're part of us. So whether you happen to like them, I know many in this audience do not like socialists. I get it. I understand. But they're part of our country. They are part of our family and some of us in our actual family. We should talk to them. We should love them and we should try to work with them. The reality is I believe not only are there certain issues that we connect on directly, but there are other things. In most cases, we agree on the outcomes. We just disagree on how to get there. And I don't think that every person who's a member of the DSA believes that the only answer is socialism in their heart and there's no difference. And if there was a better answer, they wouldn't go that route. I think they believe that socialism is the best answer right now. That's what I believe almost all of them believe. I clearly think I'm wrong. Clearly, I believe I think they're wrong. And I think our way is a better way. But if I yell at them or ignore them, then they're never going to hear me. So if I talk to them, then maybe I can bring them on my side a little bit. Or at least we don't hate each other. The hardest part I found with most of the people on the left for me is they ignore me. They don't even try to talk to me. Some do. And when they do, if you know, I jump on board. If some socialist is ready to talk to me, I am in. You've seen me do. Oh, you talk? Okay, let's talk. Let's talk. Even when they get mad at me. And if you, you've seen them yell at me, if you've watched me in my, in, in my discussions with socialists, their chests just murder me. They insult my mother. I mean, they're just horrible to me. And I still go and I keep going because it's important. They are us and I don't want to fight them. I want to join with them and I want them to join with us. I think we can, we can agree on outcomes. And there's something else that was interesting is that, most of the people in the DSA, they feel like what they called, if I remember what they said, the centrists are the enemy or something like that. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. If there are any socialist DSA members watching, you can correct me, please, in the chat. I, I, I believe that's what I heard. I didn't take it as that. What I heard, what I took that as is the establishment, the status quo is the enemy. And guess what? We agree. We agree on that one again. Simpatico. We hate the status quo too. We hate the establishment too. Yeah, we do also. If we can connect on that, maybe we can move together and then show them they can get what they want. And I'm going to give you an example that will make some people kind of laugh. But there are many things that socialists want to do that actually don't require government but government stops them from doing it. So if we in, as libertarians simply said, why don't we want to get government out of the way? We do too. Why don't we help you get government out of the way so you can do what you want to do and then you can help us with that? I'm not going to do what you want to do because I don't like what you want to do. 
but you could go do it. The government doesn't have to mandate it. The problem is many times, many so, and this is not all socialists. Again, if there are any watching, please correct me. I'm happy to, for you to correct me. <clears throat> many socialists believe that since the government makes all the rules, the government kind of has to force everyone to do the rules. But if we could just pull the government out, you could do you and we could do us and we're okay. And the example I try to bring up, which is not a perfect example, but I think it's a good example. The Amish. The Amish are a minority. Um, what are they called? The Romage. I'm going to use the wrong phrase. It's from the TV show, the, the Gypsy TV show. You're not supposed to use Gypsy anymore. I'm sure I apologize if I've insulted somebody with that word. I forgot the name. Is it the Romani? Is that the right phrase? I don't remember the phrase, but even the, the group that used to be called Gypsies, if they still are, I'm not really know, here in America. They kind of live almost in their own society, almost in their own world, and we generally leave them alone. And in a and in a you know libertarian world, they could do it. And we go, good, good on you. Go live in your commune or go live in your world or go be Amish. Life is good. Go do that. Awesome. But whenever there's an authoritarian regime, a true authoritarian regime, who do they always attack first? Minorities. Always. Whether they're gypsies, Jews, blacks, Hispanics. Mormons, insert, right, minority. They always hit the minority first. Libertarians don't. We respect the minority. We do. So there are ways that we can talk that they may hear us. There are ways that we can give them what they want, right? What's one of the biggest things most socialists want? Workers' co-ops. Big deal they want. They talk about it all the time. It's a big deal for them. Democratizing the workforce. I hear it all the time. Well, Bankers tend to not care about that at all. What if we were to support them in having their own thing and not letting the financial institutions decide who and what gets just gets it gets um gets um financed? Not too shabby. So anyway, my whole point was I was talking to the left. I think we should and we should not ignore them. They're important to us. They're our family. They're our friends. They're Americans. They're not going away. Let's not push them away, even though very often. They push us away. Sometimes we have to go further. And I think we do have some things where we can be together on. And I think if we show them a better way, they may actually at least, if not support us, not attack us. I'll take that. Can we just do that? Can we just have them not attack us? Maybe that's an answer. So let me let me grab a bunch of comments. Thank you guys for, for hearing me yap for a bit. Um, I will go right down the list. Joe says, What's a socialist? It's a great question, right? And for those of you who don't know, a socialist today is not the same socialist as before. There are many different types of socialists, people who call themselves Marxists, people who call themselves Leninists, people who call themselves socialists, democratic socialists, all types. I, I could go down a list and discuss all of them. Larry, why would you want to? Because I have to know them so I can talk to them. So if someone tells me they're a, a Marxist-Leninist, I will understand what that means versus someone who calls them a democratic socialist. I will understand what that means. Generally speaking, today's American socialist is much less about being like Stalin. That's a general rule. General rule. There are Stalinists, Stalinists, but much more about being like Cuba, much more like that than they are about Stalin. And then much more about democratizing the workspace, the workplace, 
and the means of production than anything else. That tends to be one of their critical pieces than other things than, say, government control, that type of thing. Very different. So I hope that was at least clearer. It's a different type. So, and then you grab the full Hokel. Now I don't like it anymore, Joe. No such thing as full Hokel. Full sharp. Hokel stealing my stuff. So stop that. Andrew says, when exactly are you coming to Oneonta or Otsego County? Guys, I have rushed to get a couple things going recently because things have been changing in my life. What I'm thinking about whether I'm going to run, how I'm going to do it, what's going to happen, all those types of things, um, where I'm going, what I'm doing. So I will put up a schedule for the full sharp coming up here within about a month or so. Um, so I've still got about three months to finish the full sharp. I should be able to. I've done five stops already, 57 left. So, excuse me, we can still do it. So, yes. Um, Sean says, will New York State see COVID passports? Don't we kind of already have them? We kind of already do. We have the Excelsior Pass. I know you're proud of that. No, I'm not. But, yes, we kind of already have it. I think we do. Dan says, love you, man. Love you back. Absolutely. Love you back. Craig says, I feel like the DSA is the cool party for youngsters. That's true. Craig, nicely, nicely put. You're right. They the, the 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 times I've heard people talk about being a socialist or being part of DSA or what I've seen on uh, online, what I saw at that event is there is a community there that is clearly strong. They there it is a cool community, right? They're all the you're right. They're the youngsters. It's true. It's something that libertarians have not done a good job of, and we should be better at that. But yes. It's absolutely a community of youngsters. That's true. Um, how do we show those youngsters that libertarians are even cooler? That's a tough one. Because they are pretty cool. I mean, I'm just saying, if you look at them, they're doing the cool stuff. They're TikToking, they're doing all the cool stuff. I'm an old man. I got to figure this stuff out. I don't know. Maybe we got to ask the youngsters. We need to attract more youngsters, Craig. That's what it is. I think that's the answer. Yes. <laughs> the scientific libertarian says, yes, you're a very handsome man. Sharp. Thank you. I appreciate that. I think it's Urata says that the destiny debate was what introduced me to you. Thank you. I'm so happy that I did that. See, we are bringing people from the left and the right in the middle and all over. I appreciate that. Yes. Sean says, show them a crowd booing Gary Johnson for saying he would have voted for the Civil Rights Act. Yeah. You know, the thing that bothers me about that is 2016, that entire debate was terrible. And sadly, it was Larry Elder who completely stabbed us in the back, and we were dumb enough to just listen to anything he had to say. He really was not a good moderator for us. He didn't ask any questions that actually mattered for a president. It was not a good debate, and we paid the price for that. Um, but you don't see me fall into those silly traps anymore. People always try to get me with that. Um, but yeah, I think it's we have lots of problems. Uh, the issue is um, the everything that happened in that debate is taken out of context is taking just to, to buffoon us, and it does sound, it does lampoon us, buffoon us, lampoon us, and it is it is a problem. But this is what it is. To be forward, Democrats, Republicans have said far dumber things than any libertarians ever said. It's not even close. They have said far dumber things, eviler things, nastier things than any of us have ever said. It's just not fair, Sean. They pick us and go, you're the crazy ones, so you got to get the one thing, and that... That is you forever. Meanwhile, Democrats can say horrible things, do horrible things. Republicans do horrible things, and they just walk past it. I agree. Dan says, my opinion exactly is hard for me to get into politics because our whole world is turning into communism. 
You better get vaccinated soon, my friend. So um, smash the echo chamber. Thank you, Ryan. Yes, absolutely. Sam says, Rochester, Fairport, outside of Rochester, made the news for arresting people attending a school board meeting and wearing masks incorrectly. Wow. They got arrested for wearing a mask incorrectly. Okay. Thoughts on safety versus 1A right to protest government. Well, the reality of it is, in theory, right, if you are wearing your mask incorrectly to protest government, you would think there'd be an exception, an exception, right, regardless of the mandate or rule. Now, of course, what they'll say is, well, it's because it's violence, right? What their, their answer will be violence. An example I'll give you, um, and this is true, and I'm pretty sure in most parts of the country, if a woman is to go topless in many parts of the country, that's against the law. She cannot go, she cannot go topless in most parts of the, of the country. That's not true in every part, but most parts of the country is true. However, if the woman chooses to go topless as a political protest, then almost any place in the country, that's okay because it's part of your First Amendment. It's a political protest, so that becomes okay. So not that I care if women go topless. Please, women, in my view, do whatever you like. I don't really care, but I'm just telling you the law legally. So generally speaking, if if the topless woman is doing it because of a protest, it becomes legal, even if it was illegal in that township or in that city or wherever it was for the woman to go topless. You would think that wearing a mask incorrectly would be that. But here is going to be their answer, Sam. Their answer is going to be, but if you don't wear a mask, you're killing people. That's going to be their, their response. How do you fight that when no one wants to look at the data? How do you fight that? You have to have executives, mayors, county executives, governors, presidents, who will say, stop it. If you arrest them, I'm just going to pardon them. Stop it. I'm the chief executive and top police officer in this county or town or city. So these things, people protesting masks, that is your lowest priority to enforce. But they don't do that. If you find executives who will do that, then that would change. But it is definitely, it's, it's First Amendment versus protest is, can be slippery slope, no question. But in my view, you always lean towards, you know, First Amendment. The, the old thing about, you know, you can't yell fire in a theater. Even if yelling fire in a theater, you know, in a crowded theater was, well, political protest, I could see someone saying that's still a crime. Particularly people got trampled, people died. I could still see that as a crime. Even though, in theory, if you were doing it for protest. So I think there is a slippery slope there. But in my case, I would always err on the side of 1A. I would always err on that side with some exceptions, obviously. So, all right. Um, Let's see if I can do this. Curtis says, Larry, you're the man. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate that. Yes. John says, this is a great talk. I'm glad. I want people to be able to talk. Michael says, the socialists are in my friendship bubbles too and family. Yeah. They're part of us. You can be unhappy about it if you want to, but they're part of it. They're organized. They're part of us. They're growing. More people are talking about socialism now than ever. I grew up in the 70s and 80s, right? When I grew up, everybody was scared of Red China. We called it Red China. So we called it Red China and and the Soviets, right? We were scared of socialism. You didn't want to do that. You didn't want to be a commie or a pinko, as we used to call people. Are you a pinko or a commie? And that's how we talked. So 
Yeah, it's big change. You're totally correct. That is not the way people talk anymore. It's just not a thing. Yes. So <laughs> Ryan says, honestly, Larry, in order to make your last full sharp run, I would have had to leave work early. Roof for leaving early. Dan Humble. Yeah, this time around, I would damn sure leave early to make it. It's it's difficult, I know. And and the other issue for you guys who don't realize, when I do my, my travel, because I live in Queens, when I go off, I leave for days. Like, I leave my house for days. And in each case, I get a different driver, usually, um, to help me to drive around. And we do as many stops as we can. I try to do three a day. Sometimes I can only do one or two. Sometimes I can do four or five, depends on the day. And it all depends on where I'm going en route. So I try to do events either breakfast time, lunch time, dinner time. I try to do it in those three times so that people can get out, get away from it. Like, I'll do one during lunch so you can get away for a little bit. Hang out for about a half hour, shake hands, ask a question, head back to work. I try that early in the morning. I try that sometimes too. It's just hard. If I happen to be going through your county at, you know, 3, 4 p.m., that's kind of when the event's happening. And I got to hope people can make it. So it is challenging. I totally agree. It is, it is challenging, but that's the issue. I've got to get everywhere. So I do it to the best of my ability. And we also do something else. We go through an area. Don't hit every county. We usually skip a county or two in between. So we can go back to that county again, hopefully hit it at a different time. So that if you if you can never make it at 10, maybe you can make it at noon when I come back in a, in, a, in a neighboring county. So it might be a bit of a drive. Maybe you can make it. Sometimes there'll be weekends during the week. We try to we try to never do an event at the same time and same day in, in, in neighboring counties. We try not to, but we'll see. So I hope you can make it. So Dixie says, hey, Larry. Hey, Dixie. Andrea says, I'm so angry at what the government is doing. But listening to you gives me hope. Oh, that's what I want to hear. You made my night. I am trying very hard. Yes. Sean says there is a fringe social libertarian group. Actually, there are libertarian socialists in both the DSA and Libertarian Party. I know they are. And people might say libertarian socialists doesn't make any sense. Well, if you look at the old way of people looking at socialism, that would be true, right? Government running things, government doing things. Yes, that's not how they see themselves today. They see themselves as democratizing the world, that ev- that there's no leaders, no rulers, things like that. And government's job is to make sure everything's democratized. They think differently. It's a different kind of form. If you do a little bit of homework, you'll see it's a very different way of looking at it. So in theory, I hope in practice, I'm unsure in practice, but I think in theory, they could exist. And the example is what I just gave, right? You could make a world to where you can make a world to where it's very easy, as an example, very easy, much easier to create credit unions. In many cases, it isn't. And the government doesn't treat them the same way. So if you made it easier to become make credit unions, the credit unions are basically co-op banks, basically. I mean, I'm exaggerating a bit, but you get my point. We should make it easier for people to have to have have, have credit unions. That's a socialist mindset. You don't have to force people. You don't have to nationalize the banks. We could do that as libertarians. You know what? Let's get the government out of the way. You can have it much easier for you to become a, a community insurance company. That's socialism. Voluntarily. Your community decides to get together like the Amish do, right? If, and I, I go back to the Amish again because it's really one of the only examples that I can show you that, that even comes close to the average person. If, you know, Ezekiel's house burns down, he knows Jebediah is coming over to help him fix the house. 
that's their insurance. They don't have to buy insurance. They know if Jebediah, if Ezekiel's house burns down, Jebediah and his whole family are coming over and they're going to go fix the house. So is John Benjamin. They're all coming over and they're going to go fix the house. That's their insurance, right? We should make those choices voluntary much easier for people. If they don't work, then they'll go away. But maybe the socialists are right. And maybe this is a better way of doing things. And if it is, then we can, whoops, sorry, then we can all voluntarily do these things. We can, you can join the cool socialist thing that, that works so well. So I think it can work. But you're right, they're kind of fringe, but they are in the DSA and they are in the Libertarian Party. I think it is possible. But challenging. Uh, Michael says, I agree with you, what you're saying. I know some socialists that are my friends. They identify the problems of current capitalism. I'm not wanting to live in a police state, but their solutions are wrong. Michael, thank you. You are correct. That is exactly it. There are things that we agree on the outcome. It is how we get there that we have massive disagreements on. And if we could show some of them, hey, I think our way is better. If they believe it, they will come to us. They may not believe it. But if we can show them that it will work, they may come to us. Curtis says, yes, find the common ground. Absolutely, yes. Uh, Frankenstein, wrong thing. It says, the establishment are not centrist, though. They are leftists as far as I can tell. Hmm. I'm not sure that's true. Let me... You know, the problem with, with, with what we're talking about now is how do we define establishment and centrist, right? So if you just said an example I'll give you right now, and this is this is a, a good because it's topical, Afghanistan, the pullout. The pullout was gonna fail either way. This part of what of what Biden said, that part of him, I'm gonna I'm not taking Biden off the hook at all. He deserves all the bad press he's getting. I'm just going to try to show where there's a piece of truth, what is real. He said it was going to be bad no matter what. That's true. It would have been bad under Trump too, but it wouldn't have been as bad under Trump. And I'm not supporting Trump here. I'm just being real on what, what who Trump was versus who Biden is. Trump had a lot less establishment people in his cabinet. Biden had far more establishment people in his cabinet. The establishment didn't want to leave Afghanistan at all. It was way too much of a moneymaker. So Trump had less establishment people in his cabinet and people in charge. They wouldn't have trusted the establishment people. They didn't buy anything and they would have been more hands-on. So it would have been better or less worse. It still would have been bad because the establishment wanted it to fail. Trump would have been better, but it still would have been bad. Biden's a disaster because Biden's an establishment guy himself and he believes half of these guys. So all his people were establishment and none of them wanted to go. They still thought he was going to back out. Think about it. Obama talked about getting out of Afghanistan and the establishment people convinced him to not do it. And the establishment was so strong. They actually had Trump. Trump got delayed because of them. Trump won early on. He got delayed. He still pushed it. I give Trump credit for that. Trump, they tried to stop Trump from getting out of Afghanistan too. But again, Trump had less establishment people in, in his cabinet and around him. So he wasn't as effective by that. He could actually eventually, and he did eventually, push them off. Biden went against everybody. They didn't believe he was going to do it. So establishment, is that left? Is that right? It's There was establishment under Trump, what people call the deep state. 
I mean, is that, I don't know if that's a thing or not, but I get it. That's the point, right? Aren't they kind of, we don't care who the president is. Let's just keep grifting. Let's just keep make, making money. Unless you mean establishment politicians, then that's a different issue, right? And if it's establishment politicians, now how do you, de- how do you, how do you define leftist? And let me walk down that road real fast. There are people like de Blasio who are true believers. And there are people like Cuomo who aren't. And the thing I mentioned when I talked about Kathy Hochul, the new governor of New York last night, the thing that bothered me about her most is she seemed false. She seemed fake. She's reading something off a teleprompter. Someone wrote her a script, whatever. Is she lying? I don't know. I don't know her well enough. I have no idea if she is. I'm telling you my emotion, my feelings. She seemed fake. When I hear de Blasio speak, oh, no, no, he's telling me the truth. I hate everything he's saying, but he believes it. That's true. He's not lying. De Blasio comes right to you. If you remember what de Blasio said, he said, yes, redistribution of wealth. Yes, that's the answer. I'm taking your money. He's telling you the truth. De Blasio is in his script. He's like, no, I'm a socialist. I'm taking your money. Here I am. Now, while I hate de Blasio, he's a terrible mayor, and I hate what he's saying, I actually believe him. I do. He's going to tell you, and I would rather have him because at least I know he's coming, right? He's, he's got the, he's got, he knows he's, I'm here. I am. I'm coming to take your money. Okay. Now I can at least try to navigate this. He's not lying to me. The other ones, they're lying to you. I don't know what they're thinking when they're thinking. That's the centrist I, I see. That's the one that I see. The one who would lie either way, do whatever it is, right? The actual leftist socialists, they're right up front. Howie Hawkins, straight. He's like, yeah, we're seasoned businesses. Yes, we're taking them. He's not lying and pretending with a tax code. He said, no, 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 we're taking it. If some of you might have seen that one interview I did with a, uh, a, a Marxist-Leninist, and he was like, no, 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 we're taking the businesses. Yes. Jeff Bezos doesn't want, doesn't want to give us his business. He's going to jail. Yeah, prison. I hate what they're saying, but it's real. They're right there. And I would say, if you got somebody who's a Nazi, please wear the armband. I want to know where you are. Don't be a hidden Nazi. Be an open one. Yell Sieg Heil so I know, okay, you're over there, got you. And I'm, and so I guess that's how I, how I define them, maybe, is where we're going. So I hope that was clear. I went a little bit off the uh, farm there, but I hope it was clear. John says, if you treat people like enemies, that's how they respond to you. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Ryan responds, there's an endless fringe anything libertarian group at caucuses. 100%. Whatever fringe you think, that is one. There is. Absolutely. Yes. Steve says, the problem with leftists is that they require total agreement conformity and compliance. They are more than willing to punish, jail, and even kill those who don't simply go along. Let me let me shift that a little bit if I could, Steve. They want you to feel and think the right way. That's actually a little bit of a difference, I think, too. Right? They want you to think and feel the right way. And that's why all the other things should happen. 
and let me go with leftists again. And this is hard, hard. Where if you if you're on the if you're on the left, if you're on the left, left doesn't really mean anything to you. If that makes any sense, because you give yourself up as libertarians do, right? If you're a libertarian, you're an anarcho-capitalist, are you an anarchist? You know, are you a minarchist? We divvy ourselves up, right? On, on In our libertarian world, all the time we divvy ourselves up. And people on the left do the same thing. We kind of put them sometimes in one big bin. I've gone out of my way to not do that because I'm trying to understand them better. And they don't put themselves in one big bin. There are many people on the left who will happily be jailed literally, to fight the power. I met some of them last night. They, and they were proud. They Guys got arrested, they're all clapping. Yeah, yeah. They actually don't want to conform. They don't want compliance. So there's a group of them, the more hardcore. Something else some of you may, 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 um, may not know. And this also happened last weekend. I had an actual socialist come talk to me. He openly said, you know, you, I'm a socialist, you guys. And he was a little bit upset, but he didn't yell at me at least. We talked. He knew who I was, and we started talking. And as we went back and forth, I explained how I understand some of his issues, what he's concerned about. And next we were a couple of libertarians in, in the booth. And I said, but here's what I know. You're all about the Second Amendment, are you? He's like, yeah. And you see libertarians in the, in the booth like, you're a leftist, you're pro-2A? For those of you who don't know, the most hardcore socialist totally pro 2A. We absolutely agree on a second amendment with the hardcore socialists. I'm not joking. If you know any hardcore socialists, they are all about the second amendment. Like, shall not infringe. That's true. And I go back to Howie Hawkins. He was literally the socialist nominee for president in 2020. He is absolutely pro 2A. Yes, he says it. You're going to have a socialist uprising? Got to have guns for that. So, yes, the, the more hardcore socialists you go or leftists, I'm not sure, the more pro-2A they are. This is a true thing. You guys, I know some of you fell out of your chairs. It's absolutely true. So I think you might be talking the mainstream MSN, MSNBC watcher. And the DSA, they may not be MSNBC. They may think that's too, that's too mainstream for them. I'm being forward. That's too mainstream. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, John says, I won't be loving any socialists, but I can respect them as an individual and can work with them politically on important issues we agree upon, especially anti-war activism. John, yes, yes, and yes, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. But there's something else. The DSA and any of, uh, of, of the far left, they're loud and they're organized. And why in the world would I want them to take that organization and that vigor and point it at me or point it at us. I'd rather them point it at the establishment too. We don't even have to fight side by side. We can be on different, totally different sides of, of the battle. But if we're both fighting against the establishment, that's fine. They could fight from their side. We'll fight from our side and we can knock down the establishment. Still works if that makes any sense. Who do you have? I would like us to be next to each other. That would be awesome. And if those remember my um, my conversation with Vosh, who is a self-described libertarian socialist, um, he was like, we'd be fighting back to back. So if you remember my conversation with uh, Dylan Burns, who also is uh, a de- uh, open Democrat socialist, he said, Larry, you know, maybe we'd be fighting together. So 
we if we have the right conversations, we can have them at least not fighting us and both pointing towards the establishment. So yes, right now, Sam jumps on board. Thank you, Sam. You're correct. He says establishment equals cronyism equals number one problem. Monopoly, government and business is number two problem. And I think both sides would agree with that. That's true. Both sides would agree with that. So while maybe we can't have them literally fighting side by side, we at least can have them not fighting us. That's something. Curtis says socialists can have their own society and libertarian government. It's not possible libertarians to live to exist as a solid socialist state. Correct. Yes. Is that the correct? Yes. Michael says, Michael says a lot of socialists are misinformed, which is not surprising with state television and state schools becoming propaganda machines. Michael, this is another issue we deal with. We really, we really have to worry about this, right? We, you're right. Most people I've met, most people I've met who, who would self-identify as socialists aren't bad people at all. I mean, there's jerks, but there's always jerks. They believe this is the right thing. And many of them, when I give them ideas and talk to them, go, huh, that's not so bad. I think you're right. Many of them haven't even heard of Many of them think that a libertarian is simply someone who wants old people to die. I'm not joking. Like, I'm not joking. Right? Every time something's bad and evil, they go, that's like a libertarian, you know, wet dream. They always, they talk like that, right? They just assume that we're bad people. So why would you want to talk to me if I'm a bad person? Well, yeah, makes sense. I try to show them otherwise. The Green Apple says, who founded democratic socialism? I don't know. If you know, please tell me. I'm happy to to hear that. Please. Let me know. If someone wants to Google it, if there's such a thing, please Google it. Yes. Lepke says, the anarchists that are taking over the LP won't compromise or moderate and probably won't work with democratic socialists. Maybe. Might be true. Let me be very forward, Lepke. I don't care. What is going to move our party forward isn't some local LP. That's great. I want them to be powerful, and they should be. I hope they work well. But what's going to move us forward are good candidates. And candidates should decide whether they want to work with their local Democratic soldiers or not, or avoid them, or attack them, or work with them. That should be up to you as an individual individual candidate, where you are in your local you know, state, town, city, whatever that is, you make a decision. I'm saying we should be open. But when you're running, you may have a DSA next to you that's all about crushing you. You probably can't work with them. I get it. You might have one that's open. They're open. I think you should have the conversation. So regardless of whether the, the, the local LPs help or not, I hope they help. And it's better if they do. But even if they don't, you're the candidate. You make a decision. Does it make sense to you to work with them or not? Steve says, as to why leftists are motivated, it's because they've won. They own all levels of government, academia, and even big business. We'd be happy to if we weren't their prisoners. Um, the left is clearly winning. I think that's true. But if you ask the average socialist, they look at the current left that's in charge as just, you know, to Sam's point, as establishment and cronyism. They're not fans of people like um, Chuck Schumer. Um, they're not fans of them. They think that Chuck Schumer's the world are not great guys at all. They got to they gotta move them all the time. They got to fight them. They're fighting them in their own way. 
Remember that the DSA and the socialists, as a general rule, are trying to move the Democratic Party far more left, right? They want Bernie, not Biden. They want Bernie. They want far more left is what they want. So I think that if you're just saying leftist, meaning Democrats, I think you're correct, Steve. I'm saying socialists. I'm going further left. And I would say they don't believe that. At least I don't think, again, if anyone is, any socialists are listening, please correct me in the chat if you want. I think they would they would say no, that these leftists, as you're saying, are are actually centrists or establishment. They don't believe that. That's what they're saying. So, yes. Uh, Josh says, cooperating on common goals and outcomes is huge. We shouldn't disassociate. Yes. Socialism equals the abol- the, uh, the abolition of private property. Green Apple, thank you for that. Um, this is actually um, old school. I think if you ask a socialist today in America, in America, the average socialist today would say that's not true. They would say, and again, Green Apple, I'm telling you what they would say. You decide how to interpret that. They would say, no, you divvy up private property into two separate ways. This is how they deal with it. One is like the, the physical things that you own and use, your home and such. They think that's valuable. What they don't like is the idea of things like renting. Like you don't use that house. Why would you spend all this money and be a capitalist and buy a building you don't use? That's the kind of thing that today's socialists don't like. They think that's a bad thing. That should be community owned or group owned or democratically owned or something like that. So back in the day when I was young, what you're saying was correct. If you look today, today's American socialists, they've drawn a line. They put a line here and go, see, this here and here is two separate things. So they've drawn a line there. So if you just do this and you talk to a socialist, they're going to say, you know what you're talking about. So it's a different way of looking at it. I hope that was clearer at least. So, yes. All right. Tommy Brown, how are you, sir? Larry, here in my area, the socialists are being touted as the Democratic Party locally. Wow. Look at that. That's not that's not where I am. But, yeah, let's, there we go. Tim O'Connor, Larry, you are welcome in Oneonta, Otsego County. Anytime, just say the word. We're here for you. Thank you, my friend. I love that. Thank you. Uh, Adelino says, keep up the good work. I'm trying, man. I am trying my best. Absolutely. Yes. So, um, Mike V says, the DSA has major victories under its belt. We can't really say the same for modern libertarians. This, I, yes. Mike, I wish you were wrong, but you're correct. I wish we had more victories. You're right. The DSA does have victories. They have, they have victories in moving the Democratic Party towards them, as not as far as they'd like, but they can see the movement. That's true. They've won elections against establishment um, Democrats. That's true. They've won. They have victories. We have very few. I agree. I agree. It's a valid point. And it it does. I, I bring up this point uh, often. It's an old movie. Some of you may remember it, but it's an old movie from the 70s. It was a movie with James Coburn in it. So those of you remember James Coburn used to be an action hero star back in the day from the 70s. A movie called Cross of Iron. And what made this movie so odd, it was an American made movie about the Germans fighting the Russians in World War II. I bring this up, movie up a couple of times because there were a couple of those done. And Made the Gates was one of them. There were a couple of movies done that way, but it's very rare. But in this case, it was in the 70s. 
And it's at the end of the war where the Germans are getting their butt kicked and the Russians are crushing the Germans and pushing them back in this case. This is, this is the era that the movie was made. And one of the uh, leaders, one of the German officers, all played by Americans, is they're saying, how can we keep fighting, right? How do we keep morale up when all we have is defeat after defeat after defeat? We keep losing. So how can we... Because the German officer corps wants them to fight, obviously, right? Keep fighting the Russians. They're like, we, we keep running running away because we're losing. I never forgot that. I saw this movie years ago. It was from the 70s. And I think we have some of that, Mike. We, we've had a lot of losses. And it becomes harder for us to keep our morale up. Harder for us to keep going. It's true. The DSAs had victories. They've been small, but they're victories. So now they keep moving. I agree. What did they say? Go from success to success. Move from strength to strength. Yes, absolutely. So Shelly says, really good topic tonight. I agree we need to talk to, to other ideologies. If if nothing else, right, Green Apple's bringing up a couple of good points. To my, you know, how do we know them? What are they about? We should absolutely, you know, know the people who are working against us sometimes and maybe for us. Tim says, maybe we shouldn't call them youngsters. Damn you, Tim. Guilty as charged. As I get older, and I got to tell you, once I hit 50, man, I started calling everybody youngster. And maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I'm being, is it ageist? Is that the right thing? Am I being that? Maybe I am. It's a good point, right? I, I, I would bet they probably don't like being called youngsters. I'm For those of you who I call the youngster, I'm not trying to insult you. If I am insulting you, I apologize. I'm not trying to. It's a habit I picked up after I turned 50, and I think I still keep doing it. And in my view, completely biased. I just go 20 years. So if you're 20 years or more younger than me, you're, you, you're a youngster. If you're 20 years older than me, you're old. That's just how I've been for years now. But, you know, Tim, you are right. I probably should stop. I will try. I will go out of my way to, to, try, um, to try to not call them youngsters. Smart, smart thinking. I'm in. You're right. Neuro Clip says, Larry, apparently there's a Libertarian Socialist Caucus. I know that. Have you ever talked to left Libertarians? All the time. I actually keep, to the best of my ability, left Libertarians in my ear. Um, because I need them. They're part of the party. And they tend to know Socialists better than Right Libertarians. Right Libertarians tend to dismiss Socialists as much as Socialists dismiss them. But left Libertarians tend to have an ear still into the Socialist mind. So it's easier for me to talk to them better and deal with them. So yes, there we go. Um, Ryan says, don't pander, just live and be you. That's cool. Just be an example, forget recruiting. I like that, Ryan. That's a good one. Let's do what Ryan says. I like that. Yes, there we go. Michael says, you want to attract more younger people in the turn party? You need music. You need a cheap movie night, date night. You guys listening? There we go. Mike's got a point here. The Frankenstein Romdinger says, young socialists are naive, lost for direction. So utopianism is low-hanging fruit for them. I'm trying to look at what I saw and what I've heard. I think they would say the exact thing about us. Right. If you add if this was a socialist group right now and the socialist guy was or gal was talking about libertarians, 
I think one of their chats would say this. Would say, those libertarians naive, they're lost. So they're looking for utopianism. I think they would say the same thing about us. I do. I, I think they would think that we're utopianists. I think they would. But aren't many people lost? Not just, you know, young socialists. I think many people are lost. And aren't many young people naive? I know I was. So maybe, but but is it, are they lost because they're socialist or lost because they're young? They're not youngsters, but young. Yes. So maybe. Daniel says, great show, Larry. Any advice on how to stay positive during the COVID mandates? Afghanistan, debacle, and such. Also, eat anything good at the fair. Um, let me do the easy one first. Yes. Um, for many of you know, I've been in the keto lifestyle for like 11 years now. During COVID, though, I put on some weight. I put on my COVID-19 pounds. I put on some weight. So now that I'm, I'm considering it being more active again, particularly doing the full sharp, I was hardcore, harder core on my keto. So I've recently lost uh, several pounds. So I'm going to go back to my fighting weight soon. Get, I'm going to get back to my fighting weight. Um, so I've been harder core on it. So when I was out there, I had chicken, which was delicious. And I had some uh, Italian sausage with peppers and onions. So, yes. And I got to tell you, the chicken was good, but not great. The Italian sausage was very good. So that was very good. Um, I would have liked the peppers to be a bit more spicy, but that's just me. But so, yes. So how do you stay positive doing all these things? It's not easy, Daniel. You're right. I have thought many times about quitting, ending this, packing up, moving to Tennessee. I talked about it. My wife and I have discussed it. Of course, we feel down sometimes. Of course, we feel like, why are we doing this? Of course. We're human beings. So are you. We all are. We all just want to sometimes quit and walk away. I get it. I think the the reason, one of the ways that I stay is I just start thinking about the future. What could be? How can I make the next step? What could happen? And I think that if I could just get enough people to see that we, we are the right opportunity, the right chance, the Libertarian Party, the Libertarian Movement, if I can get enough people to believe that, we'll start to see better Republicans and better Democrats. If we just get some better Republicans and better Democrats, we'll get some good libertarians. Because what the party usually lacks more than anything is talent. We don't have talent. We have talent. But nowhere near enough talented bodies to cover this country. Right? The party's just so damn small. Our talent just can't cover the entire country. There's just not enough bodies to do it. But if we see better Republicans and better Democrats... That means more of them will begin to come to us. And they're already, many of them already talented in things that we need, like how to fundraise, how to put events together, how to do PR, all the things required for a political movement. If they start coming to us and we start making them more libertarian, they bring their skill set to us. And now instead of having three people in a state who know how to be PR, now we have 30. Instead of having two people in a state that know how to raise money, now we have 20. Now we've got some talent. Our bench is just not deep. We've got a very, a very, uh, you know, thin bench. I think that's one of our problems. But I, my goal is to build a deeper bench. And one reason why you see very often when I do events, who, who am I with? Another candidate. Very often you see me with other candidates. How many times have you seen me prop up other candidates? All the time. 
I am propping up candidates, being out with them. I'm edifying them. I'm raising money for them constantly. Why? I'm trying to build that deeper bench. Years ago, um, I was, I think it was 2018, maybe 2017, 2019. I forgot how many years ago it was. I was in New Jersey and at one of their events, I was raising money for their, their gubernatorial candidate at the time. And someone said, Hey, Larry, what, what movie archetype are you? And I said, I'm Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'm the guy who fights Darth Vader and dies so the rebellion can win. Right? That's me. That's what I do. I fight Darth Vader and I lose, but that's okay. I set it up for the rebels to win, right? So we still win. I might not get there with you, but we win. That's, that's what I'm trying to achieve. That's the guy who I am. So that's how I stay positive because I know this is my job. So I also focus on my job. The, I break up the libertarian movement and the libertarian party as two separate things. Not everybody does that. Some people just think I'm totally wrong. And I get it. They think I'm wrong. My opinion. I think they're separate. The party and the movement are two separate things. The party is part of the movement. The party cannot exist without the movement. The movement can exist without the party. It's just not as strong without the party. Most of the time, the movement feeds the party. Almost always, it feeds the party. I don't focus much on the movement to be forward. I focus on the party. Why? I think I'm better at it. Neither is more important necessarily, right? I mean, the, the movement is critical that it must exist, but both move things forward in different ways. I focus on what I'm good at, which is the party. Many people, many people are much better activists than I'll ever be. They're much better at moving things forward than I'll ever be. But I focus on the, on the candidate side, on the party side. I think that's where I'm best. I think, Dan, you should focus on where you're best. What are you good at? What can you move forward? I think you do that. And that's it. So hope that works. All right. Let me see if I can go here. Um, let's see. Um, man of tomorrow. Oh, I like that, man of tomorrow. Same for most libertarians. Gaslight the left. Absolve the right. Win conversations. Take no side. Rinse and repeat. Same for most libertarians. Gaslight the left. Absolve the right. Win conversations. Take no side. I'm not sure where you're going with that one. Cool hat, by the way. Um, I'm not sure where you're going with that one. Sorry. I'm going to try it again. Hold on. Uh, Gaslight the left. It's all the right wing. I'm, I'm not sure where you're going with that one. Sorry about that. Maybe I missed it. I must have, unless that wasn't for me. Maybe that was, was that for someone else? When the chat comes rushing by me, so sometimes you're not talking to me, you're talking to somebody else. Maybe that was for someone else. I'm not sure where you're going with that one. So Mike says, the problem with libertarians is the branding of the movement. Yes. I have to go any further. You're right. Our branding is not good. It's true. Absolutely. It's not as inclusive as the DSA or any other movement on the left. The left gets uh, ish done, whether it's liked or not. This is true. I mean, the left and the rhetoric is more inclusive. The rhetoric is about everybody and equality. It's it's the rhetoric is better. Right. When when you when you listen to just rhetoric, um, the rhetoric of the left does sound better. That woman who was talking to me at the fair, you know, she was still supporting Cuomo. Why? Because he was the guy saying love wins and women's rights. He was talking a, a good talk. That's true. He was doing anything at all, but he was talking to talk. Mike, your point's a valid one. I agree. 
Yes. So, Adelino says, can we make that the official libertarian stance for the nipple? That's actually funny. Yes, it's actually funny. Um, let's see. All right, here. Um, Andrew says, where is the backbone of the county sheriffs, district attorneys, and police chiefs take the fight to Albany in person and give the bail reform bill signed by Cuomo? My advice to all three parties, either fight and get rid of the bail reform bill instead of whining and planning to resign. Andrew, you and I, I tell you this all the time, and I know you get mad at me when I say it, but I, it may change now because Cuomo's gone. It might. And maybe they should now. But Cuomo was vindictive. And I told everybody that years ago. No one believed me. Totally vindictive. So if it was Cuomo and they go up there, if they fail, Cuomo will literally starve them of funds. That's what he used to do. Starve them of funds. He would sick his state police either on them or off of them, depending on whatever they wanted. You wanted more state police, you get less. You want less state police, you get more. That's what he would do constantly. So I know you want them to have the backbone, but if they fail, they get punished. And the average person in that county didn't recognize that it was Cuomo punishing them. They just would see their, their county sheriff or district attorney as being ineffective. That's what would happen. They'd be ineffective. Why? Because he would starve of money and punish them with the state police. And again, we found this out now, you know, that's who he was. I was saying that for years because they would tell me that. For those who don't realize, when I, ran, when I ran in 2018, 2017, I crossed the state and I would talk to many politicians and they would all tell me the same thing. They were afraid of him because he was vindictive. They, if they would have done that before, imagine if you're in a county or an area where you don't have much crime. You don't need state troopers around at all. All of a sudden now, they triple state troopers, quadruple state troopers. And all those pulling you over, everyone's getting pulled over. You get mad. Who, who, do, you, who do you go against? Why? What, the cops. The cops are bad. You don't get that it's, that it's the, the state troopers. You go to the sheriff or the police chief. And Cuomo just laughs in your face and doubles and triples down. Or the reverse. You're overwhelmed with crime in your, in your county. All of a sudden, can't find a state trooper anywhere. Need help? I don't know. Men around. So now crime's going up. They're going to blame the county sheriff. They're going to blame the police chief. He would do that. Or you need roads fixed. No money for you. Unfunded mandates. No money for you. Can't get a new park. Nothing. That's what he would do, Andrew, is all I'm saying. So I'm not exonerating them. I'm saying they were living in a real tough spot. That's all I'm saying. Tough spot. That's it. So, yes. So, all right. Um, uh, Kate, uh, I think it's Kalen says, what do you think about libertarian socialism, basically socialism without the state? Eh, I'm fine with it. I mean, again, voluntarily enjoy, enjoy. Yes, go ahead. Yes. So Chris says hard to talk to a socialist for me. Don't understand when people reject freedom. This is the thing, Chris. Many socialists are thinking in their heads. Is a difference between, in their minds, between freedom from and freedom to. Most libertarians focus on freedom to. I want, you know, a freedom to do something. I want freedom to achieve something. I want freedom to, you know, experience something. Many of them think, I want freedom from something. I want freedom from poverty. Freedom from pain. Freedom from this. And that allows me to do something. 
And the the concept that many of them will talk about is the thing is, you know, if you were born on a uh, a desert island with no food and no fresh water, but no government, are you free? And as a libertarian, yeah, you're free to them. No, because you can't achieve anything. There's nothing for you to do. You can't do anything. You can't survive. So you're not free. So it's a different way of thinking. And if you change your mindset to think that way, you'll be able to talk to them better. You'll understand where they're coming from. So that's why many of them want things like UBI, because that gives you a freedom from something so I can achieve happiness. That's why they want those types of things. Government programs in their mind says, oh, I get a government program. So now I'm free from pain, worry, whatever. But of course, it often goes far to freedom from feeling bad. It goes on. But I I hope that was clearer in understanding a mindset. If you think of it that way, freedom from versus freedom to, you may be able to have a better conversation and at least understand where they're going and where they're coming from, right? You just can, can kind of get it. Okay, I see where your head is. Now let's talk. I hope that was helpful. So the scientific libertarian says, masks prevent you from getting a higher viral load from a droplet virus. They don't prevent you from getting the virus. Okay, good. You know, this is a, 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 a thing that I wish we had done. What you just did is have an actual, at least talk about, an actual conversation about the value of masks. Most people in this country from the beginning never had that. It was just wear a mask or you're a murderer. That's literally what my governor said. His words, you're going to kill somebody, right? So he said, remember, you don't wear a mask, you're going to kill somebody. That's his words. So it was either you wear a mask or you're a murderer, right? That's how it came across. Recently in New York City, a city councilman said, we all have to wear masks. That's what he said, his words, his words, for solidarity. Not because they work or don't work. That wasn't even part of the conversation. It was for solidarity. So we immediately politicized the mask. So now to be forward, and you know this, most people who have made a decision on mask wearing don't care about the facts anymore. It's become a political issue. Am I on the left? or am I, What team am I on? That's where they wear a mask. Solidarity. Don't care about your details, scientific libertarian. But imagine if we didn't do that and we instead said, let's just talk about the day. Let's see what's going on. If you remember when I first talked about my response to COVID, which was now a year and a half ago, I can't believe how long ago it was when I did those videos. I did videos on how to respond to COVID a year and a half ago. And I put them on my website. I'm on my website. I put them on my um, Sharp Way YouTube page a year and a half ago. And one of the first things I said is, let's be transparent. Let's let people know. We don't know if masks work because at first we didn't know. Well, the government didn't know. That's what I'm saying. Government didn't know because we weren't experts. Government did not know whether they worked or not. And I didn't know at the point whether they worked or not. I didn't know back a year and a half ago. So what I said was, here is what the government guidelines are. Here are other guidelines. They have it now. It's called the Wells, Well Safety Group. They have their own guidelines. Let anyone else have their own guidelines. You do three, two, three, four guidelines on your government website, there they are. If you want to follow them, please follow them. And if you're an organization, 
Please decide if you want them or not. Our inspectors will come out. If you follow the government guidelines, you get a stamp. If you don't, no worries. I don't shut you down. You just, you just don't get a government stamp, but I don't shut you down. And then I want transparency. Report, report, report. Tell me what's happening. Tell me what's going on. Government should have been the central repository for information. And then we know who's wearing masks, who's not, who's getting infected, who's not. Are some people dying? Are some people not? We would have gathered that data within the first three to six months. We'd have, New York State would have had it all. And then we'd be talking about the effectiveness of masks. We wouldn't be saying, wear a mask if you're a Democrat, don't know if you're a Republican. That's insanely dumb. That's insanely dumb. That's what, that's what wind up. That's what's wind up happening. So we'd know, is, is the data working on it? And we're presenting you with the data. There it is. Here's what we know. From this county, this is what's going on. This county, this is what's going on. And then I would change the government guidelines depending upon the data that I got. And I'd be open. I'm not sure yet. We're going to figure it out. Let you know. Here's first three months. Here's what we got. Next three months, here's what we got. You trust it? You want to follow it? Follow it. You don't trust it? Follow what you got to follow. But I'm asking one thing. Give me the data so that I can tell everybody what's going on. I think we would have had much better conversations. We would have conversations on masks. We'd have conversations on, on, on vaccines. We would have conversations on everything. We would, have, we would have had actual conversations, not I'm left or I'm right. But here's the data. What are you going to do? We didn't do that at all. And now, it's a year and a half from now, from then. And we're talking about this stuff now. Way too late. People have already made their minds up. There's, it's, it's, yeah, terrible. Terrible. So, yes. All right. All right. Um, Anthony says, a libertarian want the same outcome as a socialist. They just, they just want people to step up and do it. Yes, Anthony. The, it's the old um, Bastiat quote. If I remember, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paraphrase it. Just because I don't want government to do it doesn't mean I don't want it done. Right? So I want all kids to be educated and smart. Of course I do. Does it mean I only want government schools? Of course not. But if you want it, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want kids to be educated. Of course I do. Why wouldn't I? Does it mean I want government to be the monopoly on it? Of course not. But again, if you like government schools, go on you. But why aren't we allowing for private schools and homeschooling? Again, your kids, educate them as you see fit. I would like all kids to be educated. Of course I would. I would hope there's no one who's listening who's like, I don't want it. <laughs> I hope you all want kids to be educated. I hope you do. So, yes. All right. Michael says, the problem is that communism and socialism are not compatible with our Constitution and Bill of Rights. It's a version of freedom and liberty. If it is forced. If it is forced. But voluntary, no. Again, I go back again. I keep doing this. Um, if the Amish are not against the Constitution, right? It's fine. Because you can walk away from the Amish if you want to. So it's fine. Voluntarily, Michael, no. Right? I mean, think about it. Is people, people join the military. In theory, is that a violation of the Constitution and Bill of Rights? When I joined the Marine Corps, I didn't have freedom of movement, movement or freedom of speech. Neither of those two things. I couldn't go where I wanted to go. I went where the government told me to go. But I voluntarily agreed to it. I signed a contract. I said, yes, I will lose my freedom of movement. I, I couldn't, I couldn't as a, as a active uh, Marine, I couldn't badmouth the government or the president, but chain of command can do that. So I lost freedom of speech, but I volunteered. Nothing wrong with that. 
as long as you are volunteering and it's your choice. People people sign themselves in the rehab. Your choice. You do it. People join cults. People get married. You lose rights when you get married. People do it. Maybe you shouldn't do the last one. I'm not sure, but I'm saying people do it. And if you volunteer, I'm okay with it. That's the critical distinction here. So, yes. Robert says, I love socialists who live in their own community and don't use force to take from those who don't want to be part of it. Rob gets it. Rob gets it. Yes. Um, if socialism didn't always inevitably turn to authoritarianism, I listen to them. Is there any government that doesn't? That will be my response. Is there any government that doesn't? If you don't make a cultural change, then it doesn't matter, does it? I mean, we're turning into authoritarianism. If if we're not already an oligarchy, we're right up on the edge if we're not already there. I think they all do, unless you have a actual libertarian streak in you. If you have a libertarian culture, then maybe you don't, because enough people go, whoa, 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 right? Imagine all the people watching now, at least 50% of you are self-identified libertarians. Imagine if New York State had 50% self-identified libertarians. Those mask mandates and that would have never worked ever. No way would have worked because the culture wouldn't have allowed it. But our current culture was like, okay, thank you, sir. May I have another? It's a cultural issue more than it's a governmental issue, if that makes any sense. So, yeah. All right. Um, let's see if I can do this. Uh, Lauren says, how do you make libertarianism cool? Involve even more intelligent women. Ooh, I like that. And if they are comfortable and they reach a critical mass, they'll make it cooler. Lauren, I love that idea. I love that idea. I think we don't have enough intelligent women. Uh, scratch that. We don't have enough women. Period. Intelligent, non-intelligent, whatever you would. I don't care. Women. We don't have enough. It's a very valid point. I find that in politics in general. You know, when I look at conservative party, Republican party, libertarian party, independent party in New York state, Sam party, all of them, all of the parties, with the exception of Democrats, filled with men. Hardly any women. Democrats have men, I think, are more, um, um, have still have majority men, but percentage-wise, far more women in the Democratic Party in my state. I don't know if that's true in all the states. But when I see events, far more. DSA had lots of women. Lots. Maybe 50%. Tons. So I don't know. It's a valid point. So then how do we get more women in? Touching more women issues? Dealing with more women issues? Is that a thing? Maybe. I'm open to hearing it. I'm 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 wide open. When, when when I did my campaign, I had the most diverse, I had the most diverse uh campaign team of everyone. Men, women, gay, straight, ethnic background, religion, everything. Um, the most. So I think naturally. Libertarians can do it. We don't often do it, though. Think about my my. I had four total campaign managers: two women, two women, and then with the with the female. 
Um, my comms person, female. Now my social media, social media chief was male. But people, my two deputies, both female. Now my deputy, my, my social media chief is a uh, female. I don't know. It's a good point. I don't know. I, I try. That's what I say, Lauren. I try. But yeah, it's it's difficult. It's difficult. Yeah, it's difficult. All right. Let me see if I keep moving here. Um, Joe says, pull out from Afghanistan would be bad five years from now or five years ago, same as today. It'd be bad either way. It'd be bad either way. The establishment are definitely left. I think that's true. Yes. Um, Kaylin says, actually, Trump's cabinet had a lot of establishment people, lots of corporate military industrial interests inside of it. Yes. That's why I said, thank you, Kaylin. I, I should be clearer then. Yes. It wasn't that he didn't have establishment people in his cabinet. He did. He had less than Biden. That was my point. The more establishment, military industrial people you're going to have, military industrial complex people you're going to have in your cabinet, the hardest was going to be because they don't want it to fail. So I think Trump would have struggled too, just not as badly as Biden. It's my opinion. We didn't see it, so we don't know. But my my feeling is Trump's would not have been as bad because he had less. But yeah, he still had them. I mean, you... Can you run a government in today's world without establishment? I, I would hope you could. You brought up a point, Kaylin. Thank you so much. You brought up another point. How many times when I talk to candidates do I tell them, build a team, build a team, build a team? Like, why? I just got to run. No, eventually someone, some of us are going to win. And when we win, if you haven't built the team, who are you going to hire in your staff? Establishment. Because you don't have anybody. We don't have, we don't have a talent base. We got to build our bench deeper so that when we win, we can bring our campaign staff into the actual staff. So we don't have this hire and use establishment people, to your point. So, yeah, but you, president, I mean, you've, your staff is massive. To bring all those people, you'd, you'd have to have an army, right, to do that. I guess you could. But again, relatively, Trump had less establishment compared to but of course, Kaylin, your point's a valid one. Of course, he had establishment people in his cabinet and in his in his uh in his whole entire uh team. Of course he did. Yes. Um, just less is my point. So my point for you running for office, build a team. Your campaign manager should be able to become your chief of staff. Your communications people should be able to become your communi- communication people when you become, you know, the alderman or the congressperson or the assembly person. Yes. So thank you for that. Yes. All right. Joe says, yes. Uh, Joe says, less is relative. He had a lot of established people still. Hashtag swamp. True. Yes. Absolutely true. Yes. So, all right. But still, there we go. Kaylin says, Democrats are basically neocons who pretend to be progressive. <laughs> uh, Kaylin, there's a lot of truth to that. And I think if you, this, see, we, do, we would agree with socialists on this one too. Socialists would agree with you on that. See that? We found common ground. Kaylin killing it. I love that. Kaylin's killing it. I love it. Very good. Yes. All right. See if I can keep going here. Um, Jose says both the far right and far left end up in the same place. Authoritarianism. Yes. The only difference is the far right understands that up front. The far left doesn't. Right? The far left doesn't. The far left doesn't see it that way. I think it still goes there. To be clear, I think you're correct, Jose. 
But if you ask the average leftist, uh, hardcore leftist or socialist, they go, no, it's going to become democratic and it's not going to happen. They will tell you that. The far right goes, yeah. And the God King, whoever we choose, will rule the earth, right? The right is clear on that. The left isn't clear on that. They believe that's not going to happen. It's going to happen. But they don't believe it. They think this time it's not. It's going to happen, though. Yeah, it is. So anyway, yes. How does one build a team? It is actually grossly simple, just not easy. What does that mean? Simple means the process is simple. Enacting is hard. It is actually simple. Have a mission. Whether that's a candidate, getting rid of something, building something, doing something. Have a mission. You must have a clear mission with a measurable end, whatever that measure is. Then gather people who care about that mission. Ask them what must we do to achieve that mission. As they tell you, ask who will be in charge of that. That's how you build a team. That's simple, I know. Not easy. Because you got to figure out what the mission is. Not easy. Measurable. Not easy. Be able to promote it effectively to the right people who will be drawn to that mission. Not easy. Then ask the right questions that they go, I know how, I know how, and then get them to commit. Not easy. So it is simple. It's just not easy. So that is how you build a team. In that order. If you just do that, we're good. I I hope, while that maybe wasn't the best um, answer, I hope I at least answered it at least. I hope I did answer it. Yes. Steve says, in every communist country, the rich are in charge and they're subject to support. Yes. It's just that the rich are the only ones with money. Common people have nothing. It's the only philosophy that's worse than current capitalism. It's poisonous. A cancer of humanity. I hope I'm being clear. You are. What I would say again, though, Steve, is they think this time, and I know you might laugh. The libertarians are going to laugh when I say, they haven't done it right yet. Here is a socialist actual answer for that. They have an answer for this. They will tell you. Capitalism started early and failed many times. And eventually they found the right way or better way to do capitalism. And capitalism, is, you know, it isn't, you know, the, the most evil thing in the world. It was the best that we had at the time. Now we figured out socialism is better. And we've had failures in socialism, just like capitalism had. Eventually, we'll get it right. I know some of you just fell out of your chair. I'm just telling you how they feel. So that is their answer to you, Steve. Take that for whatever you want to take it for. So, yes. All right. Rochelle says, libertarian is for autistic people. And women are less likely to be on the spectrum. Thus, for your women. It's not good or bad. It just is. Should I be insulted, Rochelle, or not? I'm not sure. I mean, being autistic isn't necessarily an insult. Some people use it as one, but I don't know. It's a funny way of thinking about it, I guess. I don't know. I've seen people on a spectrum, socialists too. I'm just saying, I've seen people on a spectrum across. I have seen a lot, though, in in libertarian. That's true. But I've seen them in others too, so I don't know. Sam says, we are definitely an oligarchy. Executive branch employees subvert policies of every president. And our, and our representative and judicial branches are largely funded by dark money impacts. I wish you were wrong. That's that's pretty accurate. Well said, Sam. Jericho says, I think women are less likely to fight against authority. Being a woman, I hate that that's the case, but they tend to view things from a place of emotion, which make the left a more natural place for them. We need to show them how libertarians can help the people. This, you know, this is, I'm glad you brought this up. Because I have daughters. 
And what you're saying is true at, at a at a at a specific level. To this to this still to this day, many women still have trouble asking for what they want. You might say, Larry, you're being sexist. This is not a sexist thing. I'm not saying it's innate. It maybe it's societal. You decide. I'm not going to fight that 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 at all. Up to you. I'm saying that that is currently the situation. And I know that. So I go out of my way to teach my daughters, who are young now, 11 and 17, to how to ask for what they want. I do. When I want something, I ask it. You hear me all the time. I ask stuff all the time. I ask for what I want. I want it. I'm going to ask you for it. Women, percentage-wise, do not do that. I think you're right. And we should change that. Women should ask just as much as men do. 100%. They should. And I think that's a good point. They often don't. Good point. We should. And I'm going to ask right now. Like, comment, share. I'm asking you now for what I want. I want you to like. I want you to comment. I want you to share. Please do it now if you care about this. You guys said you liked this conversation. I hope you did. And if you do, it's not over yet, but I hope you still do. And if you do, please go take the world's smallest political quiz. There's the link there. Click the link that's in the um, that's in the um, description. Click that link and take the world's smallest political quiz. It may show you that you're more moderate than you think or that you're more libertarian. To be clear, most people don't know this. Most people actually come up moderate. Most people from this show come up libertarian. But lots of people <laughs> take the test, not just this show. The average person... Most of them come up moderate when they think they would self-identify as progressive or self-identify as conservative. Most actually, come, not most, that's not true. The plurality, not majority. So yeah, most, there's most. Not the majority, but the plurality come up moderate. And most people think they are either progressive or conservative. You might be moderate and you might be libertarian. But the best part about this political quiz, if you give it to someone else, you share it, someone else takes it, you are not talking about whether you're a lefty or a righty or a socialist or libertarian. You're talking about the actual issues. You're talking about the actual issues. And that's critical. Now we can have a conversation. So also there, there's six or seven other quizzes there. Take them, share them, bring people to the Advocates for Self-Government. They are my sponsor. If you like this show, you want me to keep doing it, do this. Both of the things I'm asking for right now, they're free. Don't cost you a dime. Please do them to keep this show going. Like. Comment, share, take and or share this quiz there or another, but click that link. Click that link so they know it came from the show. It's important to please do that. If you got some extra cash, you go to the next level. Patreon.com slash Sharpway. Throw me some cash every month that matters. Why? My team. Yes, my team. When I'm out doing crazy stuff, like out for four days, who do you think's posting on Facebook? Who do you think's running our TikTok? Who do you think's running our YouTube page? Who's putting up all these things? It's my team. They're all doing it. I got to give them something, right? It's a lot of time and energy they're putting up with. Who cuts up all those videos that you see out there? It's not me. It's my team. So patreon.com slash sharp way. Throw a couple bucks this way to make sure that we can support the team. I mean, keep doing this to the best of our ability. I do this and I still do politics and I still got to make money for my family. So help out my team. Throw me 10, 25 bucks a month. If it's valuable, please do it. See, Jericho, I ask for what I want. Some of you will say yes. Some of you will say no. And it's fine. Please keep watching either way. It doesn't matter. I appreciate that. Yes. Um, Shana says, Larry, when is your book coming out? Man, it's delayed. It should be coming out next month, I hope. 
I'm trying to finish it. I'm trying my best. Absolutely. Yes, I'm trying my best to get out very soon. Um, it's a lot of work, far more than I thought. I'm working on it now. So thank you for asking. Absolutely. Thank, thank you for asking. Yes. Shelly says, women who ask for what they want are seen as aggressive, not assertive, but aggressive. This is true, Shelly. Yes. And worse, I think, Shelly, is they feel it. Right? I, I've known many women who are like, I don't feel good doing it. Or they'll say, I feel like I shouldn't have to. Or I feel like you should know. I hear that often from women. So it doesn't feel good. So even if you have someone who doesn't see it as aggressive, I don't. I like assertive women. My wife's assertive. I like assertive women. I'm totally fine with that. But even if I am, if if the audience is me, and I'm like, fine, the woman will very often still feel it. So she doesn't want to, even though I'd be fine with it. I'm much... I'm much happier when anyone, women, men, whoever, tell me what they want. It's much easier for me to understand and I can respond better. But it's a very valid point. It's a very valid point. Yes. So, yes. All right. Oh, Shayna, she's being a, a sort of women. Have you been keeping up with the Candace Owens last Kim Kasich drama? Any views? Um, I did a, I did a show on it. So if you have a chance, click Larry Sharp, Candace Owens, Kim Kasich. I did a whole show on it. So a month ago, maybe, give or take. Is it still bad? I'm going to see Kim Clasic coming up here in about a week and a half in Miami. So I'll be seeing her in about um, a week and a half. Maybe I'll, I'll tell her that you said hi. I'll tell her that you said hi. Yes. Rochelle says, can confirm I've been called aggressive for being assertive. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. So it's true. You're right, Rochelle. And, and I, don't, I, don't, I hate that. Um, women have every right to ask for what they want as much as anybody else does. And I think the more we do it, the more women do it, eventually society will simply have to accept it. I think they will. They will then move to the point where they go, yeah. Um, oh, is that right? Still bad? Candace can't stop. All right. I guess I got to do another show on it. <laughs> Maybe that's my show tomorrow. I'll do another one. That that could be that. I like that idea. That's true. Uh, maybe I should do that. Yes. Uh, maybe, I sh- maybe I should be doing more shows on this. Andrea says, I had a socialist say, we just need to vote in the right people. I said to them, we can't vote the right people right now. So how's that going to work? Hmm. See, I, I guess that's true. I think there's, right? Yeah, it's true. But the, 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 the key word there, Andrea, is right. Are the right people the people who will be the appropriate authoritarians? If they believe that, then... That's a terrible idea because then eventually you get the wrong authoritarians in, right? I mean, you just you can't keep picking the right ones. Eventually, someone's going to either fool you, you make a mistake, we're humans, whatever. So if you're saying the right people, meaning those who will create the right environment, that's critical, right? And people often look at things the wrong way in this regard. They say there are, you know, these people are bad. Let's put them all in jail. If you ever notice, I never focus on punishing the bad person. That you shouldn't punish them. You should. I don't focus on that because punishing the bad person is just one bad person. I'm looking for a pattern. Are there constant bad people? Yeah, there are. We need tougher laws and strong. No, your environment's bad. That's how that works. If you keep getting bad people, that means bad people keep getting attracted to your environment. You've got to change the environment so that bad people don't want to go there. 
So I don't want to just vote in the right people. I'm going to create an environment that encourages the right people, meaning non-tyrants, to want to go there. Now we got to, now we're rocking and rolling. Now when the once in a while guy or gal fools us, we hammer them and that's it. Back to good ways again, because we're going to get a knucklehead in eventually, just how it works. We are humans. Either we're going to get fooled or we're going to make a mistake or something that's going to happen. So when the bad person gets in, it's the exception. We're shocked. We punish that person and go back to being good. But when every, every governor is to be another tyrant, that's not us voting in the wrong or right people. That's a system. And that's where I would say, that's really our issue. That's the thing I wanted to do is change the system. And I talk about the system constantly. I know I do. That's what I want to do. I want to change the system. Guys, I hope tonight was an interesting show. I hope you liked it. I hope it was fun and exciting. Um, if you did, support the show or save it. I'm sorry, or share it. Let people know. I appreciate it. Um, I'm going to take off. Um, thank you again for giving me a part of your evening. I will see you all tomorrow. Maybe I'll do a Kim Klasik, Candace Owens tomorrow. I'll figure that out. Talk to you all very soon.